Well, it's time for the Word of God. We continue with our series on Powerful Church. And uh, in the past two weeks, it's even become even more obvious to me that it's time for the church to rise in the power and the anointing of God. So we've been teaching and preaching about how to become more powerful in the spirit and how to impact the spirit realm. I want to say this to you. What's happened in the past couple of weeks in our nation is not just a physical thing. It's inspired by the spirit of darkness. And so we need to get on with this, to, to get on with praying, get on into the anointing, get on in hearing the spirit in terms of how do we pray, what do we do in this time and season, and pray with the authority and the power of God and release things into the spirit. Because let me say this to you, the devil is not more powerful than our God. Amen. And we know our God is not, he doesn't destroy things. Our God is a God that wants to bless. He wants to bless our nation. Amen. So let's keep praying. Let's keep uh, understanding how to flow in the anointing and in the power of the Spirit. So we've been talking about this and we've done uh, seven things so far. Now, if you've missed any of these sessions, you can pick them up on our YouTube channel and all the messages are there, but please make sure you listen to all of them. I know it's a long series. We've done about 16 so far, 16 sessions, but it's, it's important. I've, I've, I've done this on purpose so that we can teach this subject thoroughly so that you are equipped to flow in the power of God. Then I left you with this thought, how do we nurture? How do we nourish? How do we protect our faith? How do we nourish it? It's by feeding on God's word regularly. The more of God's word you place into your heart, the stronger your faith will become. The converse is also true. The less of God's word you place into your heart, the weaker your faith will become. Amen. So I'm going to pick up from there today. The Bible speaks of different levels of faith, such as weak faith, little faith, strong faith, great faith, or plainly, no faith, that's called unbelief. No faith, unbelief. Remember that where no, where no faith at all or unbelief were present, such as in Jesus' hometown when he began his ministry, the manifest power of God became scarce even in Jesus' ministry. Isn't that amazing? You'd think that he could flow no matter what the faith of the people were at, were, were at what level their faith were at. But the Bible says he could not do mighty works. Let me read this to you. Matthew 13, verses 57 and 58. You see, this was his hometown where they knew Jesus. They saw him not as the son of God, but they saw him as the son of Joseph, son of a carpenter. So they couldn't receive from him. And so we pick up verse 37 and say they were offended by him because Jesus had begun his ministry. He was bold. He was courageous. He was beginning to pray the, uh, to, to preach the kingdom of God. And they were offended by him. They said, who is this guy? Isn't he the carpenter's son? What gives him the power, the authority? So they, they, they didn't trust him at this time. But Jesus told them a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and in his own home. 
Then he said this, uh, and then verse 58 records this. He did not perform many miracles. The word for that in the Bible, the Greek word is dunamis, which means mighty works, powerful works. And he says here, he did not perform many miracles there because of their unbelief or their absence of faith. You see, if you want the power of God, you've got to have faith. You've got to develop your faith from little to great faith. You can't remain in unbelief. You can't remain in weak faith or little faith. If you want to see the power of God work through your ministry. Sadly, to say the church of today is at a place where, in general, strong faith is often lacking. That's what we've observed. People are, in the main, very happy to be comfortable with religious, religion, you know, these kind of things which is devoid of power. Devoid of power. But we don't need to remain there. You don't need to remain there. If you feel that your faith is not at the level that you would like it to be, begin today to exercise and develop your faith. And then see the power of God begin to become manifest more and more in your life. Amen. So we're going to conclude this piece now. That's number seven. Exercise your faith. I'm going to go straight into number eight. In terms of how to make room. How to, to, to open up the door. So that more of the power of God. More of the anointing flows in and through your life. The number eight is walk in forgiveness. Walk in forgiveness. I believe that this area is a major downfall of today's church. The church of the 21st century, that's a major downfall. If we miss this commandment of God, we miss it all. Clearly, the Bible teaches us that unless we forgive others the wrong that they do to us, God will not forgive us our wrongdoings. Now, I know this is a bit of a strong statement, but I didn't say that. Jesus did. Matthew chapter 6, 14 to 15. For if you forgive people their offenses, those who have offended you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive people their offenses, your Father will not forgive your offenses. Matthew 6, verses 14 to 15. Now, unforgiveness in our hearts is a bit like a barrier between God and us. You and I cannot walk in unforgiveness and expect God to release his anointing and his power in and through our lives. God will not bless us with his anointing and his power if we nurture unforgiveness. I want to say this to you today. Let go of the hurt. Let go of the offense. Also, Spirit of God to help you. I know it's not easy sometimes. Some of you have been majorly hurt, majorly offended. But the Spirit of God is your helper. You know what the Word of God says. You desire more of the anointing, more of the power, more of the presence of God in your life. The manifest presence is what I'm talking about. Also, Spirit of God to help you. But set your heart to forgive those who have offended you. Walking in unforgiveness is walking in disobedience to God's commandments. And disobedience prevents the blessings from flowing. Disobedience is a terrible thing. 
If you walk in disobedience, the, the, the blessing will not flow in your life the way they meant to flow. Apart from the fact that disobedience is a sin, it opens a door for the enemy to steal your blessing. So we need to understand that the anointing and the power of God that God releases into our lives is part and parcel of the blessings that he bestows upon his people. Do you know that when you pray for a sick person, they get healed? Wow, what a blessing. What a blessing. That's the blessing of God operating in and through you. God's blessing you with his anointing, with his power. We don't deserve this, by the way, church. It's only by his grace. Only by his grace. You see, unbelievers do not have access to this blessing. Only believers have access to this blessing. What a great blessing. To pray for someone who is battling financially and God comes through for them. Because you prayed for them. To pray for our nation and see the peace of God begin to flood our country. What a blessing. It is our privilege as children of God to flow in God's anointing and power. Now, Jesus taught a parable to illustrate the major importance that God attaches to walking in forgiveness and mercy towards others. You'll find this parable in the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 21 to 35. And I'm going to read this to you. Then Peter came up and asked him, Lord, how many times may my brother sin against me or offend me and I have to forgive him? Seven times? Is seven times enough? You see, seven to a Jewish person, they know this is the number of God. In other words, it's, when you talk about seven, it's like many, many times, thousands, millions. Jesus said to him, I tell you, not just seven times, but 77 times. Wow. He multiplies this. He says, you have to forgive even more than seven times. And then he went on, he says, that is why the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle the accounts, a person who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Because he couldn't pay, his master ordered him, his wife and his children, and all that he had to be sold so that payment could be made. Then the servant fell down and bowed low before him, saying, be patient with me and I will repay you everything. The master of that servant had compassion and released him, cancelling his debt. Wow. But when that servant went away, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Now you need to understand a talent was worth a huge amount more than a denarii. A denarii was worth very little, like a cent compared to a rent. Right. So he found one of his fellow servants sorry, who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him, seized him by the throat, and said, pay what you owe. Then his fellow servant fell down and began begging him, be patient with me, and I will repay you. But he refused and went and had him thrown into prison until he could repay the debt. When his fellow servant saw what had happened, they were very disturbed and they went and reported to their master all that had occurred. Then his master sent for him and said to him, You evil servant, I cancelled your entire debt 
because you begged me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the torturers until he could repay the entire debt. This is how my heavenly... Now watch what Jesus says here. Listen carefully. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each one of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. I don't know about you. I can't take this statement very lightly. This is a strong statement. So we cannot separate forgiveness from the love walk. If you say you love your brother, you say you love people, and they offend you, you can't hang on to unforgiveness. You've got to let go of it. Amen. A few sessions ago, I spoke to you regarding love towards others as being one of the conditions. That was number two. For the power and anointing of God to be manifest in and through your lives. This love towards others has to include a willingness to forgive those that sin against us. Those that offend us. A willingness to do that. Amen. I trust you, you pick up the seriousness of what we're talking about here. It's time for the church to learn to forgive. and Let go of the grudge, the resentment, the anger. The frustration. Amen. I'm going to stop here today and we'll pick up on that next week as we continue with walk in forgiveness as a number eight condition to see more of the power, the anointing of God flow in and through us. Amen. Praise the Lord.